It's great to be here. Uh, I bring greetings from Dixie. Who's my little, she's my little WD, my little white dog. She's a little Alabama girl, she belonged to my mother. And when we had to move mom into assisted living, she couldn't take care of the dog anymore. So that's why I have a daughter named Dixie. And I had a son named Oscar, and he was a PVD, a big black dog. But he died a couple months ago at the ripe old age, almost 15. So he was a big old man, and I just loved him. I'm delighted to be here with you this morning. I was glad that John asked me to do this. Uh, actually, I think Melissa asked me to do this, and then John stepped in. But that's okay. Um, and he didn't tell me what I was supposed to do, so if I do something wrong, hey, we'll, we'll survive, right? So, but I do bring you greetings from sisters and brothers throughout our United Methodist Church. And it is good to be among you. The book of Timothy. Probably you learned this last week, but it's part of the three epistle, excuse me, the three pastoral letters that Paul wrote. Or maybe Paul didn't write it, it doesn't matter. The scholars argue about things that you and I don't care very much about. And the question is, was the letter really written to Timothy, the man who accompanied Paul on so many of his journeys, and who by the time this letter was written was not a young man anymore, even though you just heard it said, you know, don't let people look down on me because you're young? Or was it someone else? It doesn't matter. Because this letter is actually written to us, the church that we may be the church in the world. And that's what it's all about. And there is so much meat in this passage that was just read that I could preach about six sermons, each of an hour's length. Would you like me to do that? <laughs> no? John Wesley believed you should preach about four hours. Seems about right, but I have to get to another church. So anyway. <laughs> But the verse that jumped out at me, don't neglect the spiritual gift that was given you. Don't neglect the spiritual gift that was given you. Now think about the gifts you have received down through the ages. Those of you who are mothers may actually receive a gift today or at least a card or a phone call or if you're not particularly fortunate, <coughs> it then. All kinds of gifts. And you know, some of them you remember quite clearly and some of them not so much. And some of them you adored and loved and some of them, well, let's say they're either in the closet or have been re-gifted at this point, right? I remember a gift I received when I was about seven years old. At the time, we were living in Rangoon, Burma, where my parents were missionaries. And I attended the Methodist English School. And every year the school had a fundraiser fair. And that year they were selling little stuffed dogs, handmade. They were in the shape of a Scotty and had button eyes and a little red tongue. And they came in lots of colors, but the one I really wanted was blue. And so I saved my money with the intention of buying one of these at the fair. And then I came down with the chicken box. And I was not allowed to go to the fair. And my disappointment was, well, the disappointment of a seven-year-old, which is pretty serious. 
And so I was feeling sorry for myself as all of my family went off to the fair and I stayed at home trying not to scratch the chicken box. And they came back, my <coughs> sister, my brothers, my mother, and my dad, and they came into my room and they gave me a little blue stuffed dog that they had bought for me. And you know what? I won't tell you how old I am, but I'm old enough to have been retired for two years, and I still have that little dog. I named it Barky, because after all, I'm seven years old and not very creative. I have loved that dog, and it has been special to me my whole life. A gift that was very simple, well, but longed for and loved. I think about the gifts that we have each been given. And by the way, a gift by definition is something that is given to you. No, it's not something you buy. It's a gift that is given. And as you think about the gifts you have received, don't forget about the other gifts, not the ones made with hands or bought money, not things, but abilities and talents and skills and intuition. The gifts that are poured out on us by God which has given each and every one of us gifts. Gifts like life. It is, after all, Mother's Day. And at some point in the past, a woman <coughs> gave life to you. The gift of life from God. The priceless gifts of time and friendship, of loving and caring, priceless, precious, valuable, beyond measure. But Timothy is being reminded of a special gift, one we have all received, a spiritual gift. Spiritual gift in the singular. I had not realized that before I began studying this passage to, for this sermon. A gift that was given and received through the laying on of hands. Now what gift could that be? I believe it is the gift of the Holy Spirit that was poured out into Timothy when he was baptized with the laying on of hands. I believe that this is the gift, the spiritual gift that every one of us who has been baptized, has received through the waters, through the power of God's Holy Spirit coming down to us. Remember when Jesus was baptized, God spoke and said, this is my beloved in whom I am well pleased. And I believe that in our baptism, God says the same thing to us. This is my beloved. The gift of the Holy Spirit that is ours through God the Father and Christ our Redeemer. The gift of the Holy Spirit that enables us to put to use all those other talents and abilities and yes, gifts that we have received. Gifts that should be used for the building up of the body of Christ and equipping the saints for ministry. You see, having this gift enables us to use all of our other gifts for God's purposes. I remember a few years ago, in fact, my brother and I had the same conversation last night, but she had that morning 
in church, sung a song, but she had written, she had written the words, she had written the music, and she sat down at the piano and accompanied herself as she sang. I have always been amazed and envious of people who can create music. How do they do it? You know, it makes no sense to me. Where does it come from? And, and when I told her this, she said to me, but pastor, I don't see how you can preach a sermon every single Sunday and have something to say. A different gift. And she doesn't know where her music comes from, and I will tell you honestly, even though I put work and study into a sermon, I don't know where the sermons come from either. They just happen. It's a gift. We all have different gifts. Aren't you glad? What if all of us had exactly the same gift? There's going to be a whole lot of things that wouldn't get done, right? And life would be a whole lot more boring. And as a pastor, I've had so many people come up to me and say, but pastor, I can't do anything. Have you ever heard anybody say that? Have any of you ever said that? I don't want to hear it. Don't ever let your pastor hear that. That's blasphemy. It really is, because all of you are gifted. How many of you can work with teenagers joyfully? <laughs> okay, or patiently. I admire you. I would like to have that gift. Or toddlers. How many of you can work with toddlers joyfully? Without killing them, yes. <laughs> I admire people who can do things like that. One of the beloved saints <coughs> of the last church was a woman that I'll call Carol. Carol was bedridden nearly the whole time I knew her. And although she couldn't get around, she could write notes. And so every week, Carol wrote notes to people who needed to know that somebody cared. Then Carol became blind. And she could no longer write notes, but she could still talk on the telephone. And so every week, Carol called people who needed to know that somebody cared. And then Carol lost her hearing. Couldn't talk on the phone anymore, but she could pray. And every week, Carol prayed for the people to know that somebody cared. And I will tell you, anytime I was feeling down and low and I had more than I could take, go visit Carol. Because I would feel so good. Just to sit in presence. She had this gift. I can recall. She had this gift of caring and letting people know they were her gift and cared about. The gifts that God has given each of us are gifts that we are practiced. You know, again, put it on the get out. The only way you become good at something is to do it, right? If you don't practice it, you're never going to get better. You know the old saying, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice. These days they say the way you get to Camp Carnegie Hall is to take Uber, but I like the other one better. <laughs> anything that we can learn, anything that we can demonstrate, anything that we can do can be a gift for building up the body of Christ. I'm wearing a cross today. It's made out of copper wire. Made by a friend of mine who is an auto mechanic. But he's also a motorcycle nut. 
And a couple of weeks ago, he had a blessing with the motorcycles at the church. And he made 100 of these to give out to everybody that was there to the, for the blessing, but also to give to them to give to their other motorcycle friends because he wanted motorcyclists to know that they too are children of God. And I was telling somebody about the stole that I wear. This was, but they had the gift of design and sewing and creativity. And they have started a company called Rem Rags, where they make stoles and pyramids and other beautiful things. And you can just call them up. I'd like to have you make a stole for a friend of mine. And the theme is covenant. And they will do it. Because I did that very thing. And they sent me, in a couple of weeks, they sent me a design that had covenant as the theme throughout the whole stole. And it was absolutely gorgeous. The gifts you have, no matter what they are. I know people have started bicycle ministries, repairing bikes to give to kids who don't have bikes. A couple of churches I've served, they have a ministry with children at a school, poor children, who have never had the privilege of buying or getting a gift to give to another person. They don't have that kind of money. And so they open a little shop where they record a gift to give their parents. And then the people help them wrap the presents. And this was started people by people who like to wrap presents. They know how to do that. Who thought wrapping presents would be something you could use to build the body of Christ? So it goes. Whatever your gift is. I've even heard about one where there was a mock airplane club started by a church member. Who wanted to take all the energy and show them about their hands. I don't know if anybody's bought their plane. Do it. Practice these things, said Paul, and live by them. Practice love and kindness and caring and faithfulness. And practice and don't neglect the gifts that you have been given through the power of the gift of the Holy Spirit that you receive at baptism. Was gift of the Holy Spirit enable you to use all of your gifts for spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Many years ago, I was visiting a tiny church in, North, in the mountains of North Georgia. The church had some kids, but it didn't have any Sunday school teachers. And the pastor said something I've not, never forgotten. He said, God has already given us the people with the gifts, the talents, the skills we need to teach our children about Jesus. All we need is for you to use the gifts to build our Sunday school. What a positive way of putting that. We already have the gifts that we need right here, right here to do ministry that has called you and me and all of us as people of God. Use your gifts and set an example. Take the power of the Holy Spirit and yoke it to your talents, to your abilities, to your interests, so that others can see God at work in you. And if you do this, writes Paul, you will save yourself and also those who hear you.